Hi guys, this is Fiona from IELTS Exam Training Courses and Members Academy. Last week I looked at a difficult academic reading and this week um, I'm going to do a reading which, to be honest, I've been putting off for a long time just because I think it's really difficult. So this one is challenging and I do feel, again, I've said it before and I'll say it again, if you know anything about the background science behind this subject, which is about autumn leaves, that will just help you so much. In fact, I had to go and Google some of the words that we need for this reading, um, like chlorophyll and photosynthesis, um, because they are key to your understanding of the text. And right at the end, I give you a whole list of words which are absolutely essential to your understanding of this text and goes to show again how important it is to build your vocabulary, keep building your vocabulary and make it IELTS specific vocabulary. That is the only way you're going to see an improvement in your reading, um, apart from general practice of course, but you can't follow the strategies if you just don't understand what the words are saying. Um, and therefore, this one is particularly dense um, in vocabulary, again, like the last week's one was. Um, so I'm going to talk you through it very simply and with my understanding of the subject. If I'm wrong, if there are any botanists or biologists or scientists out there, please do correct me, but I'm going to try and keep it as simple as possible, um, just focusing on the answers and the strategies rather than the correct science. Um, just before we do that, we're coming now to the end, the last week of our um, Advent adventure. I should call it the alphabetic Advent adventure, um, but that's what we're doing. And I am making a set of videos to go with each sound. Of course, that's taking a long time, but I realised there was a huge need for it because in my Instagram and Facebook videos, they're only one minute long. So I only basically cover the essentials that you need to know about that point. But today, for example, um, we're looking at well, it's got a scientific term called the intrusive R. So it's how R is sometimes silent and when it is sometimes sounded. So this is a really important one. I, I put it as one of my top five essentials that you have to master that could quickly improve your IELTS score. The reason for that is people learn in school that you pronounce the R everywhere you see it. And of course you don't. In fact, you only pronounce it in half of the words that you see. So, for example, words like teacher 
the R at the end is not sounded because it's a weak form. We've talked about this throughout the whole of the alphabet series. Um, but in school, maybe you learn teacher or a lot of my students learn teacher. And it's very difficult to get out of that habit. And once you've got that habit, it affects every aspect of your speech. So, for example, a word like learn, L-E-A-R-N, where R is not pronounced, um, if you do pronounce the R, it changes the sound of learn, which is a long R, it changes it to learn, which is a short E instead of er. And this does cause comprehension problems. It's fine to have an accent. It's fine to pronounce a light R, like the American or the Irish. Um, you know, they would say learn, but it's not learn. So this R is a real problem and it can easily be fixed with a lot of repetition and hearing that it doesn't exist in most of these sounds when it follows a vowel. However, the thing which is called the intrusive R is when R appears because we need it between two vowels. So, for example, if you've got Manchester, Manchester ends in a vowel sound. It's just the uh sound. But when you have Manchester airport, it's difficult for the speaker to say Manchester airport. There's a kind of stop. So they put R to help the flow. So they say Manchester Airport. Now this causes problems in listening because my students, we had a gap fill and the answer was airport and they wrote Rareport because they heard Manchester Rareport. So you can see how important it is to know about this and to listen out for it in various contexts. So I'm building a video course based around the, the spelling, the pronunciation and also how you hear different sounds in fast speech. It's not ready yet, but soon I will put up a, a wait list. So if you'd like to go onto my wait list, look out for it. I'll make an announcement um, closer to the time and make sure you get on that list so that you can access the full course. Okay, now on to autumn leaves. Huh, right, so there is a subtitle here and it says Canadian writer Jay Ingram investigates the mystery of why leaves turn red in the fall. So that tells us that there is going to be a problem, a mystery, a puzzle which, of course, the reading will try to solve. Um, notice, by the way, it's the fall, which is American word for autumn. Um, it gives you one word to help you. It gives you a little asterisk and it says photosynthesis, which is the production of new material from sunlight, water and carbon dioxide. But literally, I had to go back to my biology O-level days to try and remember all of this um, because that, that will help you understand it. So 
the text. I'm going to run through the paragraphs because we're going to do a matching paragraph statements. Um, statements or paragraphs. Hang on, let me just check. Scroll down. Right. Um, matching information. Yes. So it's not headings. You have to find which paragraph contains the information. Then we're going to do a gap fill, then a true false not given. And there's actually one question on its own at the end, which is unusual. So the first paragraph asks, um, tells us the background. As always in North America, the leaves turn colour, turn turn uh, colour, yes, change colour, sorry, they turn yellow or orange or red or purple and this has long puzzled scientists. So that tells us that there is a puzzle. They always rewind a bit so they go and explain the basic uh, phenomena of uh, chlorophyll which um, is, in, is in the green of the leaves and that converts um, sunlight into building materials for the tree. So that's important to know. And it tells us, you know, as um, sun energy declines, many trees um, abandon this photosynthesis process until spring. So they get rid of their leaves um, they they dismantle the chlorophyll and this turns them yellow, basically. Yes, that's it, basically. That's what this paragraph B says. So C... It says that we know where the red colour comes from. It comes from anthocyanins. Um, and it says, talks a little bit about that. But they still can't work out why they tr the trees would create or manufacture these red pigments. Why would it bother when it's trying to preserve energy? So then come the theories. Paragraph D, some people say it's a chemical defence against insects or fungi. So it tells the insects um, that, oh hang on, that's the next paragraph. So in the next paragraph um, it says that the red colours want insects to think that they are healthy so the insects won't start to live on the tree. Um, again, this theory is kind of dispelled. They, they say this can't be true because there's no proof. And then finally, the third suggestion, this is paragraph F, and it says the most plausible suggestion, so that's an important word, the one that we think is actually probably right, um, is called the light screen hypothesis. So we know hypothesis is a theory, and this is the light screen theory. And it goes on to explain what this theory is. And this theory is that, although it sounds paradoxical, it says, um, it says that it's actually protecting the leaves from taking in too much sunlight. Um, they say this is strange in the next paragraph because chlorophyll has evolved to capture sunlight, but it can sometimes be overwhelmed. It can take in too much and can be oversensitive. So they suggest um, that the red maybe protects the leaves and they give evidence as we always expect to see. So in paragraph H, the evidence is that the leaves closest to the sun are the reddest one, ones. 
and also the red is brighter on the upper side of the leaf which suggests that it's red there because it's it's protecting them and finally a third piece of evidence remember the evidence is always crucial in these readings is that trees like maples get much redder the further north you go um because it's colder there, they're more stressed and therefore need more sunblock. That's what it says. And that's it. Then it comes to the conclusion. Um, it says it's still not fu fully understood um, and it doesn't answer the questions. It's, it, it says um, the story will turn out to be subtle and complex. That's it. So they go through, as always, the background, the problem, the theories, uh, the evidence, and possibly the conclusion or the solution. But there isn't one here. That's fine. Okay, so let's have a look now at the questions. Questions 14 to 16 are, sorry, 14 to 18 are matching statements um, with paragraphs. So remember, uh, it does say you can use each paragraph more than once because information, two pieces of information could be in one paragraph. And that's why it's different from matching headings. So don't worry if you have the same paragraph twice. Um, so the first 14 says a description of the substance responsible for the red coloration of leaves. Well, following my theory of, you know, background information comes first, you would expect the problem or the the, the red explanation to come early on. And indeed, it comes in paragraph C, right at the first line the source of the red is widely known and that's all you need but it then goes on to say it is created by anthocyanins blah 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 so 14 the description of the red or the substance is in paragraph c question 15 says the reason why trees drop their leaves in autumn again this is background information, so this goes right back to paragraph B. And this is where we talked about, um, for many trees, the best strategy is to abandon photosynthesis. Rather than maintaining the redundant leaves, the tree saves its precious resources and discards them. So to save resources, that's why they drop their leaves. That was paragraph B. In question 16, it asks for some evidence to confirm a theory about the purpose of the red leaves. Well, in paragraph H, it says, um, even if you had never suspected this was going on when leaves turn red, there are clues out there. So remember, evidence always comes later on in the text. And here the evidence is listed and clues is a synonym for evidence that this kind of confirms the theory. Um, and here we, we, we mentioned this already, the, the reasons why we think red is designed to protect it from the sun. One reason is that they're on, only on the side of the tree which gets the most sun. That was the first 
not only that, they say, red is brighter on the upper side. And then it goes on, as we talked about before, about as you go further north, um, trees get much redder. But those are all clear evidence that confirm the previous theories. Question 17 asks for an explanation of the function of chlorophyll. Um, So pretty easy here. Chlorophyll is first mentioned in paragraph B in the first line and it says summer leaves are green because they are full of chlorophyll and this molecule captures sunlight and converts energy into new building materials for the tree. So that is an explanation of the function of chlorophyll and it's early on, it's background information, so it's B. 18 says a suggestion that red coloration in leaves could serve as a warning signal. So the key word here is suggestion. It might be, it could be possible. So remember we looked at three examples of what might be reasons and this one is about a warning signal and it comes in paragraph E again, first line really. It says it has also been proposed that trees may produce vivid red colours to convince herbivorous insects that they are healthy and robust. So again, lots of key words coming up here. Herbivorous comes from herbivores, insects that would actually want to eat the tree and therefore the red may uh, tell them not to, basically. All right, so pretty straightforward. The mentioning in the statements um, are, you know, they, they do go in that kind of order of background and theories and evidence that we see in so many of the IELTS texts. Okay, the next um, is par. Paragraph, all of the answers are from one paragraph and we know this because the first question starts why believe, or the title of the gap fill, why believe the light screen hypothesis. So when you see light screen in the text, it's got a little inverted commas and these often indicate this is a kind of a quick way to find your where you should be in the text. So the question is why believe this light screen hypothesis and we're looking for about four gaps. Not difficult, it says firstly the most vividly coloured red leaves are found on the side of the tree facing the something. Well, I'm sure even if you haven't looked at the text, you can answer this now. Um, You're only allowed one word, so think about which side of the tree the red leaves face. And in the text it says, on many trees, the leaves that are the reddest are those on the side of the tree which gets most sun. So that is the answer, sun. They also accept sunlight. The second one, question 20, actually, um, now maybe is not as difficult as I first thought. Um, 
the blank surfaces of leaves contain the most red pigment. Well, we've mentioned this now. Which surface? You've only really got the upper or the lower. So in the text it says not only that, but the red is brighter on the upper side of the leaf. So the upper side is the upper surface. So upper is the correct answer. In question 21, it talks about, again, when do you get red leaves in the same paragraph? It says red leaves are most abundant when daytime weather conditions are something and sunny. So we're looking for an adjective, um, something and sunny. And when you go to the text, it says the best conditions for intense red colours are dry, sunny days. So not too difficult there. Question 22 says the intensity of the red colour of leaves increases as you go further something. Again, you can answer this now. In the text it says, finally, trees such as maples usually get much redder the more north you travel in the northern hemisphere. So the red colour increases, uh, intensifies, that means it gets redder the more north you travel. So as you go further north is in the gap there. Phew, right and you, you've only got 20 minutes to do this in the exam and we've still got true false not given although there are only three of them you'll be happy to know and one of them is not given, so um, it's not too tough. Question 23 says, It is likely that the red pigments help to protect the leaf from freezing temperatures. Now, I had to look for this one. I had to look several times to find this, but it's very clear. We're asking the question, how likely, how possible is it that the red protects the leaf from freezing temperatures? So we need to find something about freezing. In paragraph D, it says, some theories have argued the red leaves might act as a chemical defence against attacks by insects or increase the leaf's tolerance to freezing However, there are problems with each of these theories. So that's it, basically. Um, it is not likely that they protect the leaf because there is a problem with this theory. It does not um, agree that the red protects the leaf from freezing. So the answer is false. A tricky one there, without a doubt. Question 24 brings us back to the light screen hypothesis and it says this would initially seem to contradict what is known about chlorophyll. So another tricky one, the word contradict is important, meaning that it seems to say the opposite of what we already know. And that does come in paragraph F. It says... It sounds paradoxical. So paradoxical is a synonym for contradictory. It's kind of the opposite of what we think. 
So we think that chlorophyll um, red, you know, protects... Um, hang on. The idea behind the hypothesis, the theory, is that red pigment is made in autumn leaves to protect chlorophyll, the light-absorbing chemical, from too much light. But why does chlorophyll need protection when it is the world's natural supreme light absorber? So it's questioning the paradox there. Another tricky one. Um, finally, 25 um, tricky one to find out if it's true or false because it's a, it just doesn't exist but it says leaves which turn colours other than red are more likely to be damaged by sunlight well remember we talked about this a lot that if there's a comparison you need to find a comparison in the text but there is no comparison it does not compare red leaves with with other leaves in terms of how likely they are to be damaged by sunlight. So you can see there, I think, from those three questions, what a very high level academic reading this is. You're not planning to get a nine. You don't need a nine. You don't need to get these three questions right. Don't get too stressed about get every, getting every question right. Finally, let's finish with question 26 and it just says for which of the following questions does the writer offer an explanation well let's see if you can guess a why conifers remain green in winter b how leaves turn orange and yellow in autumn c how herbivorous insects choose which trees to lay their eggs in and d why anthocyanins are restricted to certain trees could you guess that well it seems too simple it seems almost too simple to get right but the answer is b how leaves of course it tells us how leaves turn orange and yellow in autumn and in paragraph b it says um, the masking, well, it's all paragraph B, explains the autumn colours of yellow and orange, but not the brilliant reds and purples of trees such as the maple or sumac. And that's it. And the vocabulary from that, well, you must go to my website and have a proper look at it. So much there, I don't really know where to start. Um, the question that has puzzled scientists chlorophyll, photosynthesis, molecules, solar energy, decline, redundant resources, discard, nitrogen, depleted, manufacture, preserve, chemical defence, increased tolerance, theories, hypotheses, infestation, uh, resistance, the flaw in this theory, the flaw is a good one, F-L-A-W, the problem. The lack of proof, the most plausible suggestion. Paradoxical, contradictory, evolved to absorb, capture, energy. Drought, nutrient deficiency. Vulnerable, destructive, susceptible to light, to prevent overexposure. 
Ah, now there's a good example of an intrusive R. So over has no R, but when you say overexposure, you have to say the R. That's a good example. And finally, the Northern Hemisphere. That's it. That was a long and difficult one. I hope I've tried to simplify it for you as best as I possibly can. Um, but that's that's IELTS, isn't it? It is what it is. We just have to keep working and keep um, trying to improve. So best of luck with that. Please do let me know if you have any questions at all. You can get in touch with me on my Facebook site. That's IELTS ETC. I'm on Instagram, IELTS ETC, um, Pinterest and YouTube. Anything else? Oh, I've got my website. That's ieltsetc.com. So please, if you do have any questions, I'd love to hear from you. Thanks very much for listening today. Have a great week and weekend. No, week is Tuesday. Yeah, have a great week. Bye.